So, Sean Six from the Liquid Conversations, and I'm here with who? John Strickland, Low Water. It's been a while. It has been a while, man. Too long. <laughs> Way too long. <laughs> and we're almost back in the same exact neighborhood. We're in the Fenway here in Boston, and the first time I saw you guys was at a venue called Church. Yep. And we had done an interview that night in an Econoline van. Yep. <laughs> and after that, we got fairly loose on a bottle of Jameson, if I do remember correctly. That sounds accurate. Yeah. And then I think I hollered at some guy on the sidewalk. You did. You showed us your, your Boston roots. <laughs> <laughs> he deserved it, though. So. But we're back in the hub. Um, you guys are playing at the House of Blues tonight. We are literally on the backside of the Green Monster at Fenway Park. And we're sitting here. And you guys have come rolling into town on the Seven Dust Tour. Yep. And... We'll start with what does it feel like to be out on tour with Seven Dust? It's really cool, I'd say. It's it's kind of a, a chaotic environment, you know. We've gotten to know the TMs and all the crew now at this point. Everybody's like, man, this is like a rolling festival. I mean, you've got right. five bands on the bill. It's uh, it's complete mayhem all the time until the shows start. So where you, you really, you know, we wake up, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning and it doesn't stop until, you know, three at night or whatever every day and it's every day, it's yeah. it's crazy but it's really I, I think the high energy um of of the tour is what's keeping everybody really focused but also just i mean just jacked like we're just jacked all the time you're running on adrenaline oh yeah non-stop oh yeah no sleep like i had a question the other day uh, uh, in an interview they were like what's the craziest thing that happens on the bus you know right. what's the cool crazy and i went sleep dude sleep <laughs> that's the craziest thing sleep. a lot of people four hours in that's crazy a lot of people misinterpret that they, I, I think people still have this perception that it's still the sex, drugs, and rock and roll environment. And yeah, there's some crazy moments and there's some crazy events that happen, and that's to be expected. But most of the time, when you guys get an opportunity to get off the stage and get rolling, you're like, I just want to crash out. Just want to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the, it's the best thing that we that we wish for. Is like, okay, it's three o'clock in the morning. We have to, you know, drive six hours. Okay. Right. We got to get some sleep, you know? So it just kind of crashes. Everything just crashes. It's interesting because we talk about that and about you guys running at 120% this tour so far. Every single day, every waking moment, you guys are going at full tilt. Low Water has really been grinding in a way for a long time. Mm -hmm. From you guys starting in Athens, Georgia, and to this point right now, would you think it would be a fair assessment that you guys have paid your dues? I would say so. I think at this point where, you know, we, we, we didn't start with a famous uncle or a famous dad or, right. you know, we didn't have management that just came out of nowhere and lined us up with the, you know, Grammy producer or whatever to where I'm actually glad that we, we have had the path and, and, and been on this road because, you know, it means more to, to play shows like this with Seven Dust and Shimani. It means when, more. When it's not handed to you, uh, it's definitely worth something. To yeah. You. You, yeah. You value it a little bit because you work so damn hard to get it. And, you know, when you do get it, then you can actually kind of, you know, revel in the, the enjoyment of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, we have a short set on this tour, but those 30 minutes are... You know, there's 1,500 people, 2,000 people out there that are that are connecting with our music and connecting with our band, and and uh, that's what it's all about. You know, for us to, to go from playing to you know sound guy tours that we used to book on our own, and right. you know, my band hated me at the time. They were like, oh god, <laughs> we're doing two weeks just playing to you know nobody, nobody, right. and that was seven years ago, six years ago. And uh, I mean, hell, you were there, you yeah. know, six, seven years ago. We we showed up, had zero fan base yeah. in Boston, and, and people were stunned. 
Yeah, and it was still fun. You know? People stood, and, and I'll say this, when I first saw you guys, I didn't really know much about you guys at that point, and I was friends with you guys as publicists at the time, and he's like, you got to go see them. Came to the venue and got a chance to talk to you guys ahead of time, stuff like that, and watch you guys play. I, looking around, doing the exact same thing everybody else was, basically stand there with their mouth open, like, what the hell just happened? What did I just witness? And I think you, you guys have been doing that the whole time. You've been catching people off guard immensely like people really don't know what to expect and then when you guys start playing people are shocked yeah that's that's the biggest statement from people that come up there honestly I, I don't know who you guys are I've never heard of your band but you know thoroughly impressed and what a show and holy shit you know right. and for us it's like thank you you know that's what we've been we've been grinding and 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 working our ass off to get just a little piece of that you know and and when people come up to us at the merch table and they say i'm super impressed you've got a new fan that means a lot to us because we work hard for for fans and and yeah. you're literally plucking one at a time out of the crowd <laughs> and, you, and, and the thing of it is is that you know every band wants to you know go to a venue and have a couple thousand people there and have them all walk away being fans realistically speaking that's uh, you know that's hard to have happen but for you guys to pluck a bunch of them out at a time every spot you guys are like yep we'll take that mm-hmm. we'll take that we'll just keep getting them every single spot yeah the interesting thing about that for me is seeing you guys play you know multiple years ago and not knowing who you were ahead of time now knowing who you guys and following what you guys have been doing that grinding away has resulted in a change in the band now from when i first became accustomed to you guys it was starting off of a you know self-titled release mm-hmm. and you know revival and then going on from there you had the the seattle recordings which were all live stuff mm-hmm. now you have voodoo coming there's been a pretty big transition from start to now i would say so (laughs) yeah okay it has been man it's crazy and how does that feel for you i mean obviously is it really obvious to you or does it just seem kind of like nothing really has necessarily changed because this is where you need it to be well i mean i think daniel benny joined the band two years ago right um that changed everything for us as far as you know he's just he's a shredder you know and he's a great writer and, right. and um, bringing that element into Low Water has changed for the next, like the next record, Voodoo. It's 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 still us. Right. We didn't switch genres or we didn't, you know, just completely go a different direction. We we still uh, sound like us, but it is enhanced and it's it's more mature and it's more. Um, That's a good term, mature part of it, because yeah, you've lived life. Yeah, and it's not being 25 and you know, right. like self-titled and and the Seattle record and everybody's like, oh, you know, we're on tour, we got a record and and I mean after, you know, I think it's just like anything else in in a career where, when you start off, you're really eager and you're really just gung ho and we, we still are. I mean, we're still eager and we're still gung ho, right. but but it is different. It is it is a little more we're seasoned now and and being on the road as much as we have, it 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 shifts your your focus it's not just about being on tour it's about you know pulling the the music business side into things and growing as a musician you're still excited but you're not blindly excited yeah (laughs) you're not like yeah Yeah. we're on tour holy crap we're gonna have a great time and then you now you're like this is cool yeah let's we're happy to be here let's work yeah let's get to work how does that change creating music for you do you think about it differently now i would say maybe a little 
Yeah, I, I think I think the older we've gotten and the more we've worked and the more tours we've done, I, I think that the writing process is it's very similar from what the way we used to. But it's also we have more patience now and we have right. more, okay. you know, we're, we're calmer and we're way more uh, introspective as far as what are we trying to accomplish? What are we trying to say? And what do we want to record? What do we want to write? And it's, right. it's you know, we always write for us as a band. Um, we don't write for, you know, radio or right. whatever it may be to say, let's just write what we want to write. And that's never changed. Um, but I, I do think that, I, I do think that the longer we've been touring, it does shift the dynamic of the band and also makes us a lot closer, but also it makes us a lot more aware. You guys are becoming a lot more introspective. Mm -hmm. Okay. Obviously, you know, and this is an age thing too. When you first come out, you're coming out guns blazing. It is a young guy's first, you know, sexual experience. It's orgasmic. It's quick. It's over with. It's expressive. Probably not the best performance. Okay. It's <laughs> a great analogy. But as you get further along with your experience, you start to learn a few tricks of the trade. You start to understand things. You start to be a little more of a finesse player. Right. Instead you make of love, in, instead of exactly, you know, exactly. And it's fitting. It's Valentine's Day, right? Yeah, so. it is. Yeah. <laughs> and and you, I mean, obviously, you guys are using that to your advantage because as much of an impression that you made on people prior to now now something has changed there was like a door suddenly shifted open and now everybody is apparently aware of low water mm -hmm. people are definitely paying attention you guys have a new publicist you have new people that are helping you as far as getting you out on the road and as far as managing the band and getting involved and does that kind of like is that the pat on the back that you guys might have been needing for a while I, I think it is and I, I think you know we've always known we needed the team you know and until now we didn't have the full team you yeah. know we would have one and then lack three or right. we'd have two and then we like you know it so this lineup and I think this between the lineup of the band shifting and and and, and growing and being a more mature band and a seasoned band along with um, our team being the right team that that has done so much for us in the last even the last six months you can focus on actually doing your job and not worrying about peripheral stuff yeah yeah and it's it's fantastic because i, I you know i would always manage the van or you know yeah. I, I was the guy that was always just you know between i mean we all we all do it but i think the band can agree that picking up this new team has been the best thing that's ever happened changed it's the best change now with this new album the album's coming out on the 22nd mm -hmm. and voodoo is the name of it you guys recorded this someplace different that was <laughs> out of the normal for you guys you guys actually recorded in a place that was a little closer to home than you guys going all the way to the upper northwest of the united states and going in the seattle area you guys did new orleans we did and you took a place that's rich with culture and spookiness and dark brooding but you guys change up the technology you recorded full digital this time instead of analog we did how did those two balance oh, well first living in the french quarter <laughs> <laughs> why do i have a feel that i know where this conversation I, could go <laughs> it, it's it's i mean you know when people go to new orleans they go for three days yeah. And they, they go for the weekend, and they go and they have the time of their life. 
and they're hungover. Yeah. And they go back and they get to the airport and they fly back home. They crawl home. They yeah. crawl home. Yeah. And we didn't get to crawl home yeah. for a month, you know, and it turned into Chinese water torture sometimes. You're just sitting there and like I love the sound of horns when you're talking about the culture of New Orleans. Right. The food, the smell, it's so yeah. distinct. But like at five AM when you're trying to go to bed and you hear a saxophone it's it gets to like it you know what i mean it crawls in your it brain slightly it, torture at that point yeah it, it was and it was like oh god it sounds so good but i hate it you know but it, it's one of those things where we, we did relocate and we wanted to go um well i, I think jacob herman uh our the, the crazy swede who yep. we love dearly uh who produced um and engineered the record along with justin davis who's who's out with us doing it he's a one now um he has a relationship in New Orleans with Rick from Afghan yeah. Wigs, and it's his studio at Marini. And uh, he surprised me in Athens in April, and my girlfriend knew, you know, she kind of kept the secret. And he just shows up at the local bar that I go to, and he's like, hey, what's up? I'm like, holy shit, dude, right. what are you doing here? So he sold me on New Orleans. He goes, I want to do your record. Right. I'm going to do the next one. I really want to do this record. And, uh, and we met him from Amaranth and Butcher Baby's tour. So he's the one that got us to go to New Orleans right. and set up the whole thing. And then we get down there. And, of course, the first three days are just craziness. Chaos. They're chaos. Yeah. And then you go in the studio at 930 in the morning. And you do it every day for 12 hours, 10 to 12 hours a day. And then, you know, we would go decompress after the, the session and wind up being up till 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. It, it was chaos. Do you find that compared to you guys recording, you know, the three previous albums, doing something that maybe wasn't quite as freeing as it was in New Orleans? Do you think that that changed? I mean, obviously this album has a completely different feel than the previous ones. You know, some people have said that, you know, this is the, you know, the heaviest, most aggressive album that you guys have done. But a lot of that feeling of you guys going into the studio after experience in new orleans for the you know 12 to 16 hours prior to you going in the studio is what's coming out it is and i agree with that i think because of the chaos and because of new orleans and the culture and the vibe right um it it we channeled that into the record yeah. that's where you have the horns and the strings and the keys and all those things but um no I, absolutely i think the anxiety and the 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 chaotic nature of the French Quarter, um, it's apparent in the record. It was like that big pot of gumbo that supposedly is so well known down there. Mm -hmm. That's what you guys were at and that one moment. And that's what came out. And, and, and it being voodoo, you know, we didn't name it voodoo just because we were in New Orleans. Right. And, and um, we wanted to make sure that, like, look, let's name this something that uh, is meaningful for the experience in New Orleans. But right. uh, I'm not a spiritual or a religious guy at all. Um, but that shit's real. The voodoo is real down That's there. That's what everybody says when they go there. They, they're naysayers, and they get there, they come home, they're like, yeah. It's there. Yeah, there's something different going and on. And it happened to us very around five days in. Right. And that's when we, we, you know, we had so many of these experiences that just, you know, it was it was eerie. Like, it was spooky and eerie. And, it, you know, we didn't go after it. We didn't look for it. It, it appeared and it was around in that session the whole the whole month it was you know there. how you know how when you think about you know you and a bunch of your buddies or whatever and you go out and you just rip and tear for you know 12 hours in some crazy city whether it be new orleans or whether it be vegas or someplace like that and you go home stinking like booze you can literally smell it coming out of your pores mm -hmm. okay that's kind of almost what you guys were experiencing in the studio kind of artistically you were leaching out all this toxin <laughs> that you had just kind of absorbed for the you know the previous day mm -hmm. 
But the thing of it was is that what it was coming out with it was you guys. Yeah. Your essence was also coming out with it, and that's mm-hmm. what ended up on the record. I think so. And, and, and the record itself, it has that. I and mean, you can just, every time we, we listen to it, you know, the little nuances there and that, you're like, okay, that's, those are little moments that, we, right. that are all New Orleans. And it wouldn't have happened if it weren't in that studio and in that, in that city. And that's what's cool about relocating and going to a new city. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, you guys going full digital this time, too, it changed the process. Obviously, recording process technically became easier because it was digital mm-hmm. it's easier to start stop finish move things around oh, yeah. adjust you know correct things if they're you know out of whack of what you guys envision it to sound like if you guys had been recording analog in new orleans it probably wouldn't have happened it wouldn't have happened 100 it, it would have stopped after like first couple of days you would have just like yep yeah, forget it no because analog is a it's a it's a monster you know that in itself is new orleans yeah the analog <laughs> yeah. that is That's the chaos funny. right there right so the fact that you were in a nice very kind of kind of very calm very kind of chill area in the seattle kind of region and doing analog that worked mm-hmm. if you tried that in that city that so much happens there no way it just would have stopped for you guys the wheels would have fallen off the wheels sure. definitely and they would've. almost <laughs> did a couple times even with digital but yeah no i'm with you if we did analog because and we we did analog on on uh on uh self-title we did analog with with revival yeah and, and we did it you know it's like we wanted to do something different and, and i think that having analog and going through the last two records using analog you know we we felt proud of those records and it does have that analog kind of fat old right. school rock sound um but it was just you know we just wanted to go in and 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 um, and give a little polish, you know, and give a little bit more of the production yeah. and and yeah, you can do more and that do way. all those things. So, what's next after this? Tour, 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 more tour. That's the plan, and I think that's what you know. Management and everybody they're they're pushing for that to just we're going to be on the road a lot, pushing the record, and we want we want that. That's the that's the that's, that's what we like to do. Are you writing again? You know, is the itch back? The itch will be back probably March sixth when we get home. <laughs> you know? But right now, the writing is is it's kind of it's, can't think of it yet. No, and and for us, I think it has to be organic, and it needs to be organic, and and right. we can't really force writing. It's got to just happen, and, and we we you know we kind of jump off of each other and 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 bounce ideas off of each other to where if it's if it's organic and it it's gonna be. It's going to be good. If it's forced, it's just going to be dog shit. Awesome. And are we going to drink later? Yes. Awesome. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Right on. Thanks, Sean. The Liquid Conversations podcast is brought to you by Dirtbag Clothing. Wear it till it stinks.